And another misconception is that um, appreciation, uh, the goal is to make people feel good. And while we want that to happen, we've got a lot of research that shows that uh, a lot of benefits. And actually, I would say that the main goal at work is to create a, an effective functional organization. And, and that when team members feel valued and appreciated, a lot of good results happen. Uh, turnover decreases, customer service ratings go up, tardiness goes down, conflict goes down, uh, actually production and profitability go up. And so it's, it, it's not just sort of the, the feel good kind of thing that some people think about. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome back. This episode is airing in February and fairly close to Valentine's Day. So it's only fitting that we talk about love and appreciation, but love and appreciation aren't just reserved for Valentine's Day. They play a vital role in creating a thriving workplace throughout the year. So in today's special episode, we're diving deep into the heart of leadership to explore how expressing appreciation at work can lead to greater success, stronger teams, and a workplace that feels like it's a true labor of love. I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Paul White. Dr. White is the co-author of four books with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times number one bestselling book, The Five Love Languages, which I'm guessing you might be familiar with. They also have a bestseller called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, where they take the five languages concepts to work-based relationships. They've sold over 550,000 copies, which has been translated into 25 languages. Their book shares evidence-based ways for leaders and team members to communicate authentic appreciation, which isn't just a feel-good exercise. It results in increased employee engagement, lower staff turnover, and higher profitability. Dr. White is also a psychologist, highly sought after keynote speaker and leadership trainer who specializes in helping organizations improve their workplace culture and boost staff morale. He'll share more about his work in our conversation. You'll want to listen to make sure you're expressing appreciation in the language that resonates with the people who you engage with and to make sure you're not doing what you might think works. For example, if you say good job, you might think twice after listening. We even talk about how to appreciate those people who aren't easy to appreciate. The good news is showing appreciation can be surprisingly simple and it doesn't need to rest solely on you as the leader, which is why I think this is a really good episode to share with leaders at all levels in your organization. Enjoy my conversation with Dr. Paul White. Paul, welcome to CEO On The Go podcast. I'm so glad to meet you and learn more about your work and what you're doing. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, the the topic of appreciation is near and dear to my heart. So um, can't wait to dive in and hear more about what you have to say about it. And especially appreciation at work is, is something that many leaders might think that they're doing, uh, which may or may not be working. But why don't you kind of set the stage in terms of 
the five languages. I know you have a book out that that speaks specifically about differences in how people can express appreciation. But what what would be a good foundation for us to start with? Well, I, I think a couple points. One, some misconceptions that leaders have about appreciation, uh, and one of them is sort of like what you said is that a lot of leaders think uh, that communicating appreciation is the same thing as employee recognition, uh, and. In our mind, at least, it's not. We found that employee recognition is largely about performance, sometimes about years of service, but uh, it's less uh, about the person, and it's it's pretty organizational, organizationally driven. And uh, we believe appreciation is both about performance. We value what people do, but also about them as a person. Um, and that's important because there's times when we're not at our best, uh, or we've made a mistake, or need to grow, and we still have value as a person, even though uh, we uh, need to grow uh, maybe professionally. And, uh, you know, another part where misconception is that leaders think that when they hear appreciation, they they mainly think about words because uh, that's sort of what we've been acculturated to, you know, giving a compliment or saying thanks. And while that's true, our research with over 400,000 people worldwide has found that less than uh, half of all employees uh, choose words as the main way that they want to be shown appreciation. So if you only use words, you're going to miss half of your team. So what's the most desired? Yeah. Yeah. It's words is the most desired, but it's still less than half that, you know, there's a, a big group that value time, acts of service, tangible gifts. And so um, we just tend to focus on words. And so we're missing a big group that way. And another misconception is that um, appreciation, uh, the goal is to make people feel good. And while we want that to happen, we've got a lot of research that shows that uh, a lot of benefits. And actually, I would say that the main goal at work is to create an effective functional organization. And and that when team members feel valued and appreciated, a lot of good results happen. Uh, Turnover decreases, customer service ratings go up, tardiness goes down, conflict goes down. Uh, actually, production and profitability go up, and so it's it, it's not just sort of the the feel good kind of thing that some people think about. Yeah, there's a true business impact. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I know that there's some leaders, like I mentioned, who might think that they're doing what they need to be doing already. Is there a certain way that they can assess how effective they're being, or yeah. check with employees to know? Um, <laughs> you know, well, I usually <laughs> m- most companies have some kind of you know uh, employee engagement survey, and it usually it includes a question about appreciation. And we get approached a lot of time because they can work and see success in improving. Uh, some of the other issues as far as communication and all that, but that appreciation piece stays low. And uh, and what we found is that, you know, you need to know the other person's really way that they prefer to be shown appreciation, which is not only the language, uh, but also the actions. And so our models base, I, I had the opportunity to work with Dr. Chapman, who wrote the five love languages, which a lot of people know at a personal level. Um, and so we sort of translated the concepts to work and how people are appreciated. And so not everybody feels appreciated in the same way. And so if you're doing the same thing or what makes you feel valued, you're going to miss team members. And so we created an online assessment that um, yeah, 400,000 people have taken now. It's in eight languages uh, that identifies how each person wants to be shown appreciation, how they don't want to be shown appreciation. And we found that at work, it's more than just the language, whether it's words or time, but the specific actions, because 
like there's some generational differences with quality time that those of us, myself included, that are older, you know, quality time meant sort of individual focused attention with your supervisor or manager, be able to get some time with them, learn from them or share observations. But for younger workers, it's really peer relationships and collegial relationships that they want to get together and go to lunch or go out after work. And so I tell, yeah, older leaders, just because you have a teamer that has quality time as their language doesn't mean they want time with you. <laughs> you may be great, <laughs> but wonderful, but they want to hang out with their, their friends. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I, I'd like to think that the audience that listens to this podcast, they want to get it right. They want to do better. They like to learn. I'm guessing there might be some approaches that don't come naturally, that, or you may just be in a habit that you're not aware of again, from a leadership perspective. So what are what are some ways that leaders can kind of break those patterns or experiment to try something new that might not feel like it's in, in their kind of usual way of operating? Well, you know, if we focus on words, because that is the largest group of employees, you know, um, group emails to a team, it's a good start, you know, way to go team, we met our goals for the, the quarter. But that doesn't really impact the individual who maybe stayed late getting the data into the report so it was ready to go you know and so we just we teach a model of use a person's name we'd like to hear our names and if you're writing it be sure and spell their name correctly that's sort of a no-brainer but you've got to do that and then be specific about what you value about them and and then why it's important to you or the organization so you know thanks stephanie for staying late and cleaning up the conference room after the meeting, that way we were ready to go for a board meeting the next morning, you know. But I, I think the stretch is getting beyond performance because there are things and characteristics that we have that are valuable, but don't necessarily relate to performance. So I like to work with cheerful people more than grumpy people, you know. And so, uh, yeah, and say, hey, you know, I, uh, Becky, man, you just got a great laugh and you light up the room with your smile and I just, it encourages me, right? And so, there's that, or it can even be outside of work because sometimes we've got new team members or they're struggling and it's like, it's sort of hard to find something. And so you say, I don't know, David, you know, I'm really impressed with how you got the discipline to train for that, you know, the marathon, you know, that's cool. I'm not able to do that. Or to maybe a single mother and to say, you know, Marta, I'm so impressed with how committed you are to your kids and how you love them. And uh, it just, you know, really impresses me. So. So getting beyond work performance, I think, can be a stretch. And there are people that are tougher to appreciate than others, right? I oh, mean, yeah. they're so that was one of my <laughs> questions. How do you appreciate the ones that are hard to appreciate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some of them are just sort of prickly. But you know, one thing we found is make sure you know what they do. Lots of times it's hard when you're sort of a second level supervisor and you don't really know what that person's doing. And so to find out either from their supervisor or their team members of what they do well. But the other one is just to spend some time with them and get to know them as a person, where they came from, their background a little bit, because usually that creates some kind of touch point between your life and them, whether they're an Alabama fan or a, an Auburn fan, you know, or uh, that you both were military brats growing up or lived in different places. And so it's one of the things that we say is don't try to fake it. If you, if you're having a hard time, uh, don't try to fake it because that just won't go well. It will probably undermine that. Yeah. yeah they, it undermines the trust that you have if you have some. And so take your time, get to know them, 
and uh, usually that that works well. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on other episodes. The importance of getting to know your 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 people, um, the, the the personal side, and sometimes it can be a little challenging because leaders don't want to be intrusive or cross the line. And so, but to your point, just making some casual comments about what you appreciate uh, about what you observe them to be doing with their families or in their personal life can really be helpful. Yeah. And on that point, I I find that sometimes we have to remind uh, leaders to share something about yourself. You know, I mean, you know, what you did over the weekend or what, you know, sports team you follow or whatever, because that that then creates a, a sort of a message about safety level of communicating at that level for the other person versus sort of getting into 21 questions about, you know, where'd you grow up or tell me about your family, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to reinforce a point uh, that I, I really liked that you made because it, it it's not all about performance and speaking more to the impact. A lot of people in the workplace don't really understand the bigger impact that they're contributing to. They don't see the direct results. So being able to make a comment of appreciation, you know, like like you were saying, I really appreciated your attitude today or how warmly you greeted people. It helped people feel welcome and got our meeting started on a right note because you helped set us a, a set a good tone as people were coming into the room. Just something as simple as that. Um, to connect the dots to the outcomes and the impact, I think, is really something that leaders can do a little bit more of instead of just good job. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah, going. And actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got a newsletter list and we've got 85,000 plus people on. We do polls occasionally and we ask what people don't like to hear. And one of the main ones is good job. Ah, interesting. It's vague. You can say it without really thinking about it. So one of the ways to be perceived as genuine and authentic uh, is to be specific. The more specific you are, the more likely they are to believe what you're saying. That if you give a, um, a specific example of what they did that you value versus sort of a global, you're a good worker, uh, doesn't really hit the mark. Yeah. Well, let's let's shift a little bit to talk about creating a culture of appreciation and what leaders can do to to help other leaders or other team members. You know, it's not just up to the leader. You know, a lot of, of what we talk about, the, there's a heavy weight on CEOs and senior executives to to model, to do what they need to do to set the right tone. But it really does take everyone to to be able to see the importance of doing that. So what are some tips or strategies for helping to create a culture of appreciation? Yeah, that was actually uh, a key lesson for us early on. We did focus on managers and and leaders early on. And pretty quickly, we learned that for this to work, it really needs to involve everybody, the whole team, where um, we teach and train team members how to show appreciation to one another. One of the misconceptions that we address is that showing appreciation isn't the sole or primary responsibility of leaders, that we want them to lead. But to make this work, it's to provide the resources, to time, and, and otherwise to let teams learn uh, and be trained in this. And so we created a model. I grew up in the nonprofit and social service world where people give a lot, but they don't have much money for training. So I wanted to create some low-cost training uh, resources. And so we created the Appreciation at Work Implementation Kit, which you know allows somebody in the organization, it could be an HR person or just a, a, somebody that's in a leadership role, go through it. it, takes an hour and a half to sort of just go through the online course. And then it's about a half day uh, worth of videos and handouts and a facilitator's guide to take teams. And you can take various teams and 
that's really been effective uh, because, like you said, the weight is too much, even for mid-level managers, I find, um, that they just don't have the time to get their head around it. And so to have somebody in the organization um, take this around. And, and what we do is start with somebody that's interested. I mean, I, I don't believe in mandating it because then that undermines the perceived authenticity. It's like, well, we got to do this. So you're just saying that because we have to. But find somebody that's sort of interested, let them pilot it, and then run it with different groups. And uh, we've gone across really large organizations. We're working with PepsiCo Global and ExxonMobil and Caterpillar, as well as hospitals, medical clinics, schools, manufacturing firms. Um, and that's been sort of a surprise. I mean, we had a, a New York Times article written about our work with miners in uh, South yeah. Dakota. Um, ask you about that. I saw that because that would not be a traditional uh, <laughs> kind of industry where you think miners are, are focused on appreciation. Yeah. Know, so. And we do work with law enforcement, with uh, uh, Homeland Security and all that, because I think the uh, the reason it works is we focus on being authentic. We're not just going through the motions um, and we get down at sort of, you know, a very specific practical level that makes it easy to apply. Uh, you know, I'm a psychologist by training, and initially I was sort of embarrassed about how simple the concepts are, but that's really been a strength because they're not hard to understand. They're not that hard to implement, and most people don't have a lot of extra bandwidth mentally and emotionally to, you know, learn stuff. And so if you can make it easy, it's easy to apply. Yeah. And I, I work with a lot of clients. They're very smart. They're in, in fields like they run law firms, uh, medical practices, uh, groups of doctors, where, and a lot of times they're operating very independently in these groups. And so it's been interesting to see them learning more about leadership and how to apply some of the ideas that you're sharing, even in that kind of environment, which again, would not be a stereotypical kind of environment <laughs> where you would expect to see a whole lot of appreciation. So, yeah. Law firms don't have the the greatest rep for being a, a, a warm workplace culture. I had the opportunity to work with a law firm in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and then wound up writing a series of articles for a law journal uh, of applying it. And then we do a lot of work with medical people, which is tough. I mean, obviously, culturally right now, it's really tough for them. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, there's a lot of hope out there. Um, well, I know that we're we're nearing the end of our time together, but I didn't know if you had some key takeaways or final tips, information that would be helpful for people who really want to uh, become more appreciative in terms of how they're leading their teams. And Yeah. So one thing is, I mean, our home base website is appreciation at work.com. It's the word at, but appreciation at work.com. It has our book and the assessment and training stuff. Um, and so they can and also videos and podcasts. But I, I think especially for higher level leaders, you can get into your head and start to think strategically and develop a big plan and never really do anything. And so I just say start somewhere with somebody, you know, and uh it's you know, either somebody that you work with day to day that if they didn't do what they did, your work would be a lot tougher. Or we know that when people don't feel appreciated, there's a, a significantly higher risk factor for them leaving. So if you have a key team member you don't want to lose, you better, you know, do or say something to show them that they, uh, you appreciate them. Or people that are discouraged. I mean, there's sometimes when we're working on a project or a task that, you know, there's just barriers and challenges and we just need somebody to come alongside. And we found that the five languages 
of appreciation, both work for the past, things that we appreciate, but also the present and future of encouragement. And so just take some time to think about somebody it would be good to encourage or uh, show you appreciate them and, and do something. The only way that usually you get in trouble is if you do something publicly and they don't really like that. So sort of just do it personal one-on-one and you'll be safe to start with. But otherwise, they can uh, look at our assessment and, and find out how their team likes to be shown appreciation and go yeah, from there. Good. And I'd like to add to that to just be looking for a small piece of what someone's doing. If someone's struggling or they're not really performing like you would like, try to look for at least something that you can acknowledge or appreciate in what they're doing to um, to help magnify that and hopefully turn things around. So Agreed. Agreed. Very good. All right. Well, thanks so much for spending a few minutes on this topic. Um, it's a topic that I love and it's especially timely now. So um, I encourage people to, to check out your book. What's the best way to find out um, about the book or where they, where can they get that? Yeah. You know, it's on Amazon and any kind of bookseller place or uh, we sell it, I think at a greater discount on our, our website as well. So uh, it's just the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. Okay. Well, good. Well, I'll give you these words, Paul. I appreciate your being here. And um, hopefully we can, I'll, I'll check out your book as well. I know there's much that I can learn on the topic as well. So thanks again for joining me today. You bet. Thanks for having me. And for everyone else listening in, I appreciate you for being a listener. And I hope you have a great rest of the week, giving more appreciation and receiving more appreciation and doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.